I have seen many times that um, top management says that, yeah, yeah, data is important, we want to use it. But when you start asking finances and time and resources to deal with it, so usually it's more important to launch new services than to deal with the, with the data management. So my personal experience, yeah, yeah, deal with the data quality, but the services are important. When you have time, yeah, you can focus on analyzing the data. Welcome to the Digital Government Podcast. Tune in to discover the future of governance and ways of getting there. Welcome back, everyone, indeed, to yet another episode of the Digital Government Podcast with your usual host, Federico Plantera. I'm a journalist, sociologist, and researcher in conversation today with Piret Sarte, who is the head of the Competence Center on Data and Services at eGovernance Academy. So, Piret, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be back. What we're going to discuss today is um, is not a new topic. We've heard uh, extensively already about also actually at this year's e-governance uh, conference uh, in late May, which is uh, digital data and data quality. I remember, for example, that in that moment there was a uh, there was a session with uh, Paul Timmers and Heiko Weinsalu uh, that discussed that. And uh, what we are here today for is exactly to pinpoint a little bit five tips on how to benefit from digital data. Uh, so, Peter, let's start exactly from this these last two words, no? because why are we talking about digital data? Um, as, we, as we know, but also we've come to learn more and more, let's say, in the past months, uh, digital data is some sort of, isn't, is a massive resource. It's like some new oil, let's say, in that sense. So what is digital data? We're definitely not talking about PDFs. No, we are not talking about PDFs. We are talking about the data which is represented in electronic form. It is information represented in electronic form uh, so that machines can read and understand it. So if we have only photos or scanned PDFs in, in our systems or in our file uh, folders, it's very difficult for, for systems to understand what the content of the, of the document. So we are talking about not only the metadata about uh, some photos or files, but we are talking what's inside it. What's inside it and exactly also the correctness of the information. So in terms of uh, speaking of correctness, uh, why do we need? Um, I mean, it seems like a self-intuitive question, but uh, maybe this is something that it does get a little bit overlooked when we talk about data management. And so why do we need correct data? Like, can we maybe outline also like some examples of how uh, correct digital data can benefit uh, people, the government and at large and at last, essentially, the society as a whole. Yes, it's, it's important to highlight and think about because when we start digital transformation, usually it means that everyone starts to rush uh, doing something. But uh, is, it the, is it the outcome um, with, uh, in good quality? We have to think about it. So the correctness of data helps us to make better decisions 
as um, service owners, as ministers, as um, as any head of the agency or organization. So to to conclude, it's the data-driven decision making, which is an important thing, and everyone talks about it. But it just happened. It it just doesn't happen without any any correct data. A correct data helps governments to provide personalized, proactive, and automated services. Because if we don't have information about the user, about the citizen, how can we address him or her and provide uh, them what they actually need? Um, it helps us to use modern technologies uh, in data analysis, but also in service provision. So everyone talks about let's use AI-based solutions, but if we don't have anything <laughs> to 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 put the, the AI um, on top of uh, on top of uh, then how how can we use it? It helps private sector to build up their businesses if you provide high quality open data to them. So we support economy. Um, when we have good data, uh, everyone is eager to exchange the data. So we implement once only principle, and we help to make governance more efficient and speed up the processes. I just read an interesting article that. Um, there was a study in the US, it was about the private sector companies, but it shows quite well that uh, bad data costs more than three, 3 trillion US dollars for companies every year. So if you take it uh, and, and uh, put it on the, on the government perspective, I think the result is, is pretty much the same. So it, it wastes time, it uh, increases costs and weakens the decision making. Yeah, because one of the things that I was exactly going to uh, complement with, let's say, what you were saying, one was uh, thinking about the topic of interoperability, exactly, you know, and data exchange. So when, uh, mm, for example, agreements are in place between government agencies or even between the government and uh, a private sector provider, provider that has, you know, some sort of like a partnership or agreement to access that data to provide a certain service, then obviously the quality of data that is in public registries um, is necessary to be ensured for uh, the data that is exchanged to be, uh, to be true, first of all. Uh, second, also something that I thought of is the fact that when uh, we maybe do talk about you know algorithms or exactly the use of ai at the same time maybe we might get certain results that do not reflect what we expected to get but it's not you know for oh this was an amazing discovery research endeavor but simply maybe the data was uh, wrong <laughs> the data quality was not ensured in the way that it's supposed to be for these type for this type of technology which is uh, data war, let's say. We said that it's energy war in the mm -hmm. sense that it eats a lot of energy, but it also feeds on data and is built on data. Uh, so that, that's also why we need to ensure that uh, data and registries is correct. But we also do know that there are some enablers, let's say, to make that, uh, that possibility a reality. So um, what we would say that these three enablers are, because, you know, the topic of data management, I'm sure that it's uh, uh, 
uh, that is very popular, let's say, on like uh, LinkedIn posts and uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, consulting organizations, uh, blogs and stuff like that. But when we then get more into it, you no, know, what are the actual enablers that make data quality mm-hmm. a reality? Uh, this, um, yeah, there are a lot of articles, studies and theories about it. But yes, when we talk about the data management, it's it's the technical implementation of this huge data governance umbrella. And it includes people, processes and technologies which have to work together. When when we dig into the into the each of them, it has it means that the, there has to be data organization in place. Not separate agency, but in each ministry, in each organization, you have to think about who are the people, what are the roles responsible for data management and data quality? What are the rules in, in uh, on the government level or in the agency? How, what have to be followed? What are the procedures to manage data? I have seen many times that um, uh, top management says that, yeah, yeah, data is important, we want to use it. But when you start asking finances and time and resources to deal with it, so usually it's more important to launch new services than to deal with the with the data management. So my personal experience, yeah, yeah, deal with the data quality, but the services are important. When you have time, yeah, you can focus on analyzing the data, what we already have. So this is important to have the organization in place, to have the mindset in place. And then you also have to have the problem management in place, meaning that um, if something happens, how do we deal with the data quality? Who is responsible for the data quality and how it is uh, checked? So if someone turns to the organization and says that, or to the registrar says that my information is not correct in the registry, uh, what are the procedures? Do we only correct this data or do we also analyze maybe there is a like a bug in the system which causing the um, incorrect data? And uh, it's important to understand that data management is an ongoing process, like service lifecycle is ongoing, data management is as well. So if we have um, launched data management projects to improve the data quality or to start collecting the data, we also have to uh, analyze the results and uh, create new projects and, and, uh, and keep, keep them running to, to, to keep the quality in the systems. Um, and when we do that, or how, how we get the information or how we get the input, uh, if we show people what kind of data we have about them in the register, it helps, helps us to, to get the feedback that if something is not correct. If we publish the data, it also helps to get the, the information uh, what what is wrong or what is good. Can we trust the data? Because we haven't talked about trust yet. Quality data can be trusted, and if uh, this trust is uh, breached, no one gets back <laughs> to it. And also transparency. When we share the data with others, uh, then we get uh, uh, get um, good feedback. So when we do data digitalization, it's uh, it's important not to keep it in in our silo or in one ministry silo, but to share it. Uh, and also not to type information or type uh, names or data into the information system manually, but use it from the other system. So, so that we can also guarantee the, the data quality. As a fun fact, in terms of data quality, I was thinking of something that uh, I remember was like a point of joke, let's say, with the population register in my hometown in South Italy, where, for example, it would happen sometimes at the population registers that when people would go there, 
to register someone's birth, for example, no, and also register the name, then maybe there would be like certain names or certain surnames that the employees at the population register office would not maybe get right and mm -hmm. send it. So they would be like modified and edited. And this is, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, my surname Plantera would become uh, Pantera or like something like that. No, simply because someone misses a letter. But even though this may sound, you know, as a little bit of a silly example, at the same time, it deals with the topic of data quality and the accuracy of the data that lies in our public registries, even for like very basic things, such as, for example, um, yeah, this level of population management to then build up, let's say, from that with the implementation of new technology and the rollout of new services. Something that you mentioned just now, the rollout of new services, which made me think of the fact that uh, obviously it's a, you know, it, it, how to say, it carries more reputational returns to roll out services like new services one after the other. Uh, it's something a bit more flashy, let's say, that you can actually show and that you can maybe even like show off about. But then, uh, you know, data, data quality, data management, I mean, it's, uh, it might be seen as not a very sexy topic, let's say, you know, when uh, ministers, for example, want to go in conferences and talk about that. And, uh, but at the same time, it's something extremely fundamental that some countries actually do better than others at. So if we were to look at countries in this sense, uh, in your opinion, who are those, let's say, who are the front runners that are doing mm, better at data management, uh, but also at the same time, what we can learn from them? Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about the strategies, capacity building, how government um, addresses um, data owners in the public sector, I would um, mention Australia and their data strategy. Uh, a very clear one, uh, guidelines, policies, um, uh, they have very strategic goals. What, why they have launched a data strategy? Uh, some examples how, how they use the quality data. Why the data quality is important to them? Um, all those um, cyclones, climate. Um, change uh, bushfires how do they know where people live uh, what 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 how, how to address the, the crisis so those kind of examples for example in uk they have very good national data strategy and the data quality framework and they they address their um, uh, capacity building of uh, public sector very very specifically through the trainings and and just explaining why it is important. Um, good cooperation about um, cooperation between uh, data administrators. I can mention France. They have a huge framework how to uh, how to exchange experience, how to implement the policies which government have, and. Um, and I also have to mention Ukraine because they have started to address the data quality in the registers as well. And and uh, my colleagues in uh, in Kiev have also helped them to develop a methodology how to do it. Because yeah, as you said, it's not a sexy thing. Uh, it's more important to say that we have launched 100% uh, services in digital form. But uh, but we also have to think about the data. It's something we have to think about, and and we have to acknowledge that. Um, without data, those services 
will not become popular and just putting something online without using the data it's it's, it's very difficult so yeah uh, australia uk france ukraine i would like to mention yeah it's this work of uh, of maintenance mm-hmm. essentially you know and like a maintenance work uh, sometimes uh, or maybe like even more often than not mm-hmm. it's uh, it's more uh, boring so to say than uh, you know flashy or like uh, useful mm-hmm. for uh, i don't know uh, press release headlines or uh, quotes and things like that but at the same time yeah at the very very basis and it becomes uh, it becomes very important when you have a crisis on your hands for example uh, thinking about covid it it became very clear that if government let's say in a, in case of estonia as well if you don't know how many hospital beds do we have if we don't have correct information in which regions we have them how you manage the crisis uh, there were huge articles about the restrictions and should we have them or not and they were related to deaths caused by covid and then uh, in every day uh, the health department uh, um, published information about who got sick who died and at one point it turned out that information about deaths is not correct but imagine if you make decisions based on that so was it just someone who was really old and unfortunately passed away or was it someone who got pneumonia because of the covid and and that was the result so it was it's not only estonia but also other governments struggled with it so i think this is one of the very, one a uh, very good example the other thing is that uh, the priority of governments is usually a boost economy but if you don't know how companies are doing how the business sector is doing and if you don't collect that data and if you don't use the data in decision making then it's just some numbers in the system which which stand there uselessly yeah Pirat, uh, the two cases that you mentioned make me think exactly of how data is uh, um, somehow a prerequisite for informed policy. What mm-hmm. do I mean with this? You mentioned the case of COVID, which is uh, regarding to, for example, using data as a basis to take decisions that matter to public health policy. Then you mentioned companies and businesses, which is data that they provide in order to not only obviously understand taxation and uh, uh, the 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 st- uh, draft essentially state budgets, but at the same time to develop industrial policy that could regard you know benefits for companies or like incentives uh, and things like that. Uh, but mm, one thing that I wanted to ask you then, uh, actually, uh, while you were speaking, it came uh, it came to my mind a question which. Uh, which is half a memory, let's say. I remember that some years ago, not many, I'm saying maybe like five or six years ago, there was a, um, there was a job position that I was reading a lot about, which was uh, a DPO regarding to data. No? And that is data protection officers. But I remember reading a lot of articles that were saying as how everyone, every organization, public and private sectors were supposed to start hiring data specialists. So like people who are specialists in data policy, data management, data protection. I think that this came particularly as a wave of interest, let's say, following the rollout of GDPR, at least in Europe, if I'm not wrong. But uh, what did you see in, in those terms, let's say? Do, did companies and organizations, like government organizations, actually... Uh, higher data savvy people in droves, let's say more and more, or as much as we were supposed to do. 
Yes, uh, they are. And I'm very glad that they are doing it. It means that the uh, management is acknowledging the importance of and need of the topic. So um, bigger companies, um, they, they, they usually have uh, data officers, chief data officers and data protection officers. I, I, I don't want to say that everyone has to have a, a job position like this. It's important that the role is fulfilled. So that someone is managing data quality issues and data management issues. Um, universities have addressed it um, very well, uh, and there are specific um, curriculums already, uh, um, training um, data stewards, data analysts, because you have to uh, also understand the data. And it's important to have not only the data owner who takes care of uh, of, of the data lifecycle, but you also need uh, people, uh, tech savvy people, who, who understand how to use the data, how use how to use the tools, which analyze the data. There is a strong need for uh, data specialists. Governments acknowledge that universities work with governments to to create this knowledge. And I think, um, although today in, in some countries there were maybe not enough those kind of specialists, we are moving there. Speaking of countries and speaking of working with countries, then uh, I guess some of the best examples maybe that we ourselves as eGovernance Academy can bring up, let's say, of uh, work on data management is also what we have done, let's say, in uh, helping countries uh, improve uh, their data management through our uh, consulting work. So uh, in that terms, um, this is the second last thing that I would ask you for today. And it is exactly what, in your opinion, are some of the lessons learned that we can uh, showcase, let's say, and talk about a little bit in terms of uh, how eGovernance Academy has advised countries in improving their data management? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh I would like to mention that governments acknowledge the importance of um, data management and need for digital data because we all want to launch AI solutions. And uh, um, but what what we as a consultant do is to take them one step back. Sometimes explaining that before that you need data. Um, data driven decisions are part of the strategic goals, and there are no digital uh, transformation strategies today, which doesn't mention it. But uh, what we have done uh, helped is to promote actual cooperation and uh, more focus on not working in silos, but uh, but sharing the experience and, um, and creating networks related to, to, to data management and knowledge sharing. We also have to explain that scanned PDFs are, are not the future, but but the digitalization of data is important and, and the process is how to digital data have to be in place and we can help them in that. Um, uh, our last experience, as I mentioned before, is in Ukraine helping to develop the data quality assessment methodology. And I think this is something which can be used in other countries as well. Yeah, because the topic of data management, Ah, this is actually something that, uh, that I think it would be uh, worth explaining how country specific it is, the topic of data management, meaning uh, is data management, let's say, something uh, like a good hygiene, let's say, something that, you know, those are the rules, those are the things, and uh, no matter where you are in a country or another, or like in a, in a field or another, uh, those are the things that we are supposed to do. So how much the topic of ensuring data quality and data management as a whole, uh, how much it is 
country specific or like how much instead we can actually give some uh, general recommendations in terms of what are the activities that do take us to have better data and as a consequence, also better public services. I think we can pinpoint about, you know, four or five of them, no, in this sense, and probably also as well, uh, wrap up this podcast mm-hmm. episode around uh, around those with these uh, final recommendations. Uh, data management uh, methodologies, uh, they do not depend on the country specifics, uh, meaning that the core is everywhere the same. The the objective, the processes, the rules. Um, it, you may have different um, positions or different ministries responsible for general coordination or or um, is it is it an advisor in the ministry or is it is the person called the data owner but it doesn't matter these are details so the main activities which which have to be implemented in each government government when we talk about the data governance and data quality it is to define the importance of the data management enable financing and support the projects so it's not something running in parallel but it it needs core focus. You have to define responsibilities and roles. These are part of the methodology. You just have to define who is doing that. You have to create the guidelines and the cooperation framework. Um, in Estonia, we have good example that um, people who are dealing with data, data owners, data analysts, they have monthly meetings discussing the best practices and sharing the knowledge in French as well. Um, countries have to invest in capacity building uh, and last but not least is uh, you have to describe the data so you know what data you have. It takes time. It's, uh, it, it demands resources, but, uh, but if you don't do it, you don't get the best result. And when you do it, you keep, the man- keep managing the data, meaning that there is a data lifecycle which have to go <laughs> on and on. Uh, data quality projects or data management projects are not something you do once and, and then everything is everything is fine. So keeping the data house tidy with uh, yes. Piret Sarte today. <laughs> so Piret, thanks a lot for joining us in uh, in this episode of the podcast. I will remind everyone simply that uh, you are exactly the head of the Competence Center at the Governance Academy on Data and Services. And uh, it was a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you for having me and have a nice day. Have a nice day indeed also to all the audience who tuned in for today's episode. And uh, that's it for today. This podcast is brought to you by the eGovernance Academy. Tune in next time.